And I kind of found myself at this um, fork in the road. I had to make a decision. I could, you know, sell out and put ads on my game and bring in some revenue from that and lose all of my principles or everything I was holding on to. Or... Welcome to the Hey Good Game podcast, where we chat with the creators of your favorite games that you secretly play in the cracks of your day. So we just got done talking with Abe Train of Trainwreck Labs, and it was a great conversation. Aaron, what did you take away from that? You know, I thought what was super interesting was Abe, up until the end of 2021, wasn't even a developer. You know, he had an interest in gaming before, but like wasn't a developer, happened to be in between jobs. Wordle Craze took off and he decides maybe I'll try making a game. And, you know, it's, it's not every day that somebody as the very first thing they code makes a hit game. And so it was just very cool to see that, that journey for Abe and was, was really great that he shared that with us. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, not being a developer or a designer, like that's kind of a crazy story. So please check out this interview. But I really enjoyed kind of the unique partnership he had. It's it's really easy to put ads on games, but I think he was reached out to by a director of a of an indie film and wanted to partner with Abe on making a game, uh, you know, basically kind of like a, a sexplanation game. And so while it was sort of a freelance project, I really think that that kind of provides some insight into the different types of opportunities for game developers to have with sponsors, partners, and other you know partnerships down the road. All right. So check out the interview with uh, Abe Train of Trainwreck Labs. Today, we're thrilled to speak with Abe Train of Trainwreck Labs. He is a creator of the popular games Global and Global Capitals, amongst others. He's also worked for companies like General Motors, Tesla, and HelloFresh. And before leaving, spending most of his time building games, which we're absolutely going to get into. In fact, one of your games came up today in our Discord, MetaZoo. So we're really excited that you're here, Abe, and looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, awesome. I'm excited to be here. So let's just kick this off. What's your favorite game to play? Honestly, you know, one that I've really enjoyed lately, and I know this is uh, this is from one of the giants, not one of the, the indie creators we love to support, but uh, the New York Times has this new Connections game. Have you guys played that? We have, yeah. Yeah, so so that one, uh, that's what the group chat is, is buzzing about right now, and uh, I'm really enjoying that one. That's really cool. So I'm kind of curious, like just going back, where did you first get your interest in games in general? Do you, do you, do you recall a first memory? You know, I, I think of uh, I think of like the kind of games that I make when I think interesting games, not as like like when I tell people I make games, they a lot of people their first thought is something like Call of Duty, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I always think a bit more in the realm of like trivia. And so when I was in high school, I was on the trivia team. There's this big nationwide high school tournament called Reach for the Top in Canada. And uh, we never did very well, but I would say that was a bit of an introduction there. And uh, uh, a little bit after that, when I was in university, and I, I didn't do this for very long. I kind of wish I'd really stuck it out. But for a little while there, I was the crossword designer for the student newspaper at the University of Waterloo. And I think I published about like 15 of them in total. And I cheated a lot. I used uh, like crossword generating tools and stuff like that at the beginning. And then I got better. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I think that was kind of... Uh, uh, an introduction into like making games for other people. And then, then there was a, a very long pause as I 
you know, finished school and, and worked, had, had a real job for a while there uh, before, before coming up with Global last year. Just want to dig into that real quickly. So what does it take to create a crossword puzzle game? Like how long did that take you once you were actually not cheating? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. So I had, a, had an internship at the time. I wasn't in class when I started doing this. I had an internship on campus. And uh, I was working for a grad student who ran out of data for me to analyze. So I had the, basically the whole day to work on it. And it, it did take quite a while, uh, whether I was cheating or not. But uh, very, very uh, well worth it. I had, it was only one published per week. So I had the week to work on it. And I don't think I used every hour for that, but I had all the hours that I wanted to. It's fascinating. What What was the uh, first, you know, other than crosswords for a, a newspaper, what was the first computer game you built? Oh, um, you know, I don't, I, I didn't uh, study computer science and I didn't really have uh, a background in programming. I don't have a background in programming. So I used to, my, my first real experience with, any kind of building anything for a computer was like just scientific programming for engineering school and then uh, data analysis and, and forecasting and that kind of thing. So, man, I don't want to say that the first game that I made was global. I'm sure there were other kind of smaller steps along the way there, but I don't think there was uh, I would try I would try my hand at like smaller apps and like little things for people to interact with. I made something called Spotify pre-wrapped so you could like see your Spotify top songs before like wrapped at the end of the year. Uh, but in terms of like, yeah, actually like programming a game for someone else to play, I don't think I really did that much at all in my past. Well, that's a that's a pretty phenomenal start. Kudos to you, by the way. Thank you. So so global, no no pun intended, has become a, a bit of a global hit. When did you get a sense that that was going to take off? I like I said I hadn't built very many things before, and um, I when when I first uh, made it, I think I, I just kind of made it to practice my skills, and I wanted to share it with the world, and I posted it in two different subreddits on Reddit. I did it in web dev, you know, to like impress my peers and the other people who are making things on the internet, and in R slash geography, and then web dev, it got absolutely zero traffic, and no one looked at it. But in geography, it, it, uh, it got some momentum really quickly. So that was when I noticed like, okay, people are, people are paying attention. And you know, like the kinds, of, um, the kinds of attention that you get in that sort of thing, it's not like all praise, right? It's like a lot of like, this country's missing or, or you know, like this didn't work properly or people don't understand the game, they're just asking questions. And so for a while there, I was like, oh man, people hate it. This is, there's just so many issues that I have to work through. And then I realized like, oh no, they're asking these questions because they're playing the game. Right. So like I realized like, oh, people really are interacting with it. And then I kind of um, I was watching like uh, I had Cloudflare analytics was the only way I was tracking it at the beginning. And I could see the numbers that were, were like going up daily and then weekly. And it was it was just a absolutely crazy time. So kind of in that realm of, of time of developing and testing out the game and sort of seeing people flock to the game, would you say for other developers to get your first thousand users, was it? posting on Reddit and posting in other communities? Is that kind of what you would tell them to do in terms of like getting some traction? I, I wish I had a secret formula <laughs> and I, I have tried to replicate the Reddit thing with other games that I have made since. And Reddit is, it is very much not a platform for self-promotion. They, uh, not only does like, you know, the actual website itself not really want people doing that, but I find like moderators in different communities can be very protective about that sort of thing if they think you're trying to like sell something or push something you made and it's not like within 
specifically showcase Saturday or something like that, then you can you can run into some uh, angry angry mod messages um, or just people not interacting with it at all. So I wish I could say that like yes, this worked for me. It'll work for me again. It could work for anyone else and all that kind of stuff. I think I got very very lucky in that. I made the game at a time, and you know, just from the name of the game, Global, like with L E at the end, it's it's supposed to be like Wordle. You're supposed to think of Wordle when you um when you interact with it and and when you find it. And I think the timing was so good with the game because I think people were kind of people had gotten into Wordle. This was like January, February in 2022. People had gotten into Wordle and they were, had been playing it for like, you know, weeks or months or whatever. And I think they were like looking for the next Wordle when it came out. So people were kind of looking for this sort of thing. And I think it was a combination of, of the timing and, and where I posted it that happened to really let it take off. So th there's, a, there's a moment there that I think affected a lot of people. So when Wordle was sort of this inflection point, how did you feel about it? Like, what, how did it inspire you? What did you feel when, when that came out and maybe you thought you could build something similar or I'm just kind of curious like your thought process and how that affected you. Yeah. So I had just left my previous job. I was working in data and I wanted to do something more technical. I wanted a, a bit more of a like software kind of challenge. And I wanted to work with a database and do something like and I was like, oh you know like a game you can save your score and that'll involve that. So I was trying to come up with the kind of game to make. And that was around the time I heard about Wordle. And I checked it out and I'm like, this is the simplest thing I've ever seen. I can absolutely make this. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm not just gonna recreate Wordle. I wanna make something Wordle-like. And I was like, okay, what's a, what's a different kind of Wordle? And I think they were already starting to pop up at that point. And at first I was gonna do something with movies. And there are a lot of like really good movie Wordles out there, but I couldn't find a way for it to work. Every time I, I kept thinking like, no matter what movie the answer is, there is such a good chance that people won't have seen it just because there are so many movies out there and like it's kind of like a limitless thing. And then I was like, okay, scratch that. What is a set of things that people mostly know or are interested in learning more about, like English words, like five-letter words? And I got to countries pretty quickly from there. And so that was kind of uh, how, how I came up with the idea. Yeah, that's actually a, a really good point because we chatted with Nalanth who lives in Toronto and created Cinenurtle. And I, I mentioned to him, it took me about, like I've failed that game so many times trying to guess the movie because <laughs> you're showing like a little square snippet of a entire movie frame and it's really difficult. And so unless you are a true cinephile, those can be complicated games to play. Yeah, I learned a little bit later that um, there's a couple different categories of player of these sorts of like, I guess, category-based games. And the nerd, the person who is really, really into the topic is kind of a, a very interesting segment of that. And they, they'll you ask different kinds of questions and you interact with them differently. And that, that was something that's, um, that's been very big for MetaZoo, which I, which I launched pretty recently. So is it true that you've been kind of at this as your full-time thing for almost two years now? Is that right? Yeah. I, uh, when I left my previous job, that was at the very end of 2021. I didn't have anything lined up for after that. I was just planning to work on some skills and then find a job. And I made global and it just happened to take off, but I didn't have any plans to put ads on it. I saw, you know, the, the, the guy that made Wordle, he made some kind of comment. I was like treating him as like a saint, you know, I was like, you like, this is like, this is who I'm following. This is my leader. I was, um, he had some quote in some interviewer. He said he didn't want to put any ads in the game because he wanted to keep it like pure or something like that, whatever that means. 
Um, and so I had this idea in my head that like, no, this is just going to be out there. It's going to be like open source resume project and whatever I, I do next, you know, it'll just kind of like be a nice thing that I did before. And then sure enough, I was, I was running low on savings that I had from my previous job and it was time to start looking for something new. And I kind of found myself at this um, fork in the road. I had to make a decision. I could, you know, sell out and put ads on my game and bring in some revenue from that and lose all of my principles or everything I was holding on to. Or I could get a job at another company that was doing the same thing, <laughs> right? Because most likely I would get a, uh, get a job at a company that's also, you know, making money from ads on a website. Like that's just how a lot of web development jobs work. And so I decided that actually, you know, if I'm going to be working in the ad business, I'd rather be in control and, you know, have a say in what the products look like and give myself the freedom to keep making games because uh, that it turned out that, you know, just like, I, I loved it. I, I loved making the game and talking to players and being able to have like an educational spin on it and all of that. So it was around halfway through last year that I, I started uh, talking to different um, ad providers, ad partners and, and figuring out how to put ads on the on the game. And then uh, Trainwreck Labs, like the name Trainwreck Labs and the, the actual company didn't come to be until, oh, just around this time last year, actually. It would have been like a week ago last year. All right, everyone, quick break. Attention, game creators. Have you ever thought about selling your game? At Hey Good Game, we're looking to acquire and steward some of the most popular and beloved games on the internet. Even if you're just curious, we offer a fast process to getting you an offer. Just provide some basic analytics and revenue details, and we'll quickly get back to you. If you move forward with us, we usually close within 14 days. Visit hey.gg and see how we can take your game to the next level together. And now, back to the show. And when you started talking to those uh, ad partners, did you... Was there any do-it-yourself approach first, like with uh, Google AdSense, or, or did you decide to work with a partner on that right away? You know, I probably should have explored doing some more things myself with Google AdSense. People that reached out to me about putting ads on the site, and they said good numbers, and they seemed like they really knew what they were talking about. And I, I talked to a couple of them and negotiated a kind of different revenue share deal. And I, it's kind of, it's been a similar decision that I've had to make with a lot of this process is like, do I want to build the tech myself or do I want to make games? Right. And if I am, you know, managing the ad networks and all that kind of stuff, that is less time that I'm spending actually, you know, making games and talking to players, which is the stuff that I really want to do. So I could have explored that more and I'm definitely learning a lot about running a business and being business savvy and how to make these kinds of decisions as I do them. But I've, I've never regretted working with another company for running ads. And, and it seems like maybe you've switched ad providers over time. Have you only tried a couple or have you tried a, a few over time? Or, or what's that journey been like? I've talked to many because I, I hear from them pretty often. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet somewhere that has like the, the name of the person that reached out to me and the company and just kind of like a few notes and that sort of thing. I was originally working with a great company that's based in England. Uh, should I say the name of the company? Is that sure? I think it's fine. <laughs> Your call. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're a great company, uh, Snack Media, uh, based in England, and I worked with them for about a year. And I, over that time, a bunch of people had reached out to me about switching and, and all kinds of other things, and I was still, you know, very happy with the service I was getting. And then a company, uh, someone from a company called NitroPay, reached out to me, and they were offering a couple different things that I wasn't getting before including just kind of more customizability and how the ads look like. And they had, um, it, it seemed like it was much more tailored to games and tailored to like developers. Like the person that's choosing the ads is also kind of designing them. 
I know a lot of bigger companies. I've never like worked actually at like a big tech company, but as I understand it, you know, they'll have the person that decides what the product looks like and the person that builds it. And, you know, a lot of other services and things are kind of based around that communication. But when it's just me, you know, I kind of want the direct access to it as much as I can as I'm designing and building it. So the product that they had um, made a little bit more sense for what I was doing. And then, you know, we negotiated and got a great deal. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy with them. What you talked about a little bit brings to mind a story. Casey Neistat is a YouTuber. And for the longest time, he was like, I purposefully don't do ads. And he flipped it on one time made $40,000 his first month because he was getting millions of views and he was kind of like, I'm a purist. And ever since then, he's been like, the cash is fine. So <laughs> I think uh, I think you probably made the right decision. You say we a lot. Is it just you or do you have other people in your company? Uh, I It is just me. I do. I work with other people. I have some friends that have helped me with things like design and running the Discord server, which has been like a whole other venture in all of this. And I also, I've paid freelancers and I have like an independent contractor that I work with on a lot of things. That's kind of like a, a growing relationship. Uh, it is mostly, it, I mean, it is really the company itself. The only full-time employee is myself. Sometimes when I was saying we though, I, I meant like like the people of Nitro Pay. That's how close we are. I yeah. am with my ad <laughs> partner, we're just we, exactly. <laughs> Spoken like a, a true entrepreneur and, you know, on my last company for the first two years, it was mostly me and some occasional contractors. and. I would talk about we with my father-in-law and one day he just called me out like, who's we? <laughs> well, it hits me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a couple of things in your games. And one thing about ads, I think in general, that you've done a great job on is it doesn't feel obtrusive. And so there's a couple of games. So one game I was checking out today, Genitals, which is yeah. hilarious. And I got to say like the artwork is, like, did you hire an illustrator out or is that all custom? Yeah, so that game is is quite different from my other ones. Um, when Global was kind of at its peak and it was, it was a huge amount of, um, huge number of players around the world, someone reached out to me, uh, a filmmaker named Alex Liu, and he had just made a film about sex education and he wanted to hire me to make a game to promote the movie. This is the only game that I've made, like, really with other people. Like, he kind of decided... Uh, he like he had an idea of what he wanted the game to be, and then I like designed it, and then we went back and forth in the design and the coding and, and that kind of stuff. And I, that's the that's the only game I've made like that. But I will say that was a great experience. Um, he was incredible to work with and had like a great vision. I guess that's the nice thing that he is also like uh, not just like a, a product manager. He's a very creative person. He's a filmmaker, so that was excellent. There are no ads on that game. I decided not to put any ads on really just that one because it doesn't get the same traffic as other games, and I already made it to promote something. So it kind of like already is an advertisement. And I felt that it wasn't necessary. The artwork for that, though, was uh, that was from someone that if I could just like gush about this a little bit, because I, I still love it to this day. Uh, I, I made it early last year, but uh, the artwork was from an artist that he'd actually worked with a bit for the film. Her name is Kylie Millward, I believe. And she uh, works for Planned Parenthood in Utah. And she had made some of these diagrams for a slide deck that, that was like an educational slide deck that she made for the organization. And Alex hired her to make a couple more to have all the diagrams for the game. So they, every, every part that we talked about in the game would you know be represented and visible in the diagrams. And what I did with them was uh, the way that she made the, the, the pictures was she actually made them out of plasticine and took pictures and put them into Photoshop files. 
And then I took those files and I kind of separated the background and I took the plasticine and I gave it like a, just using CSS, I gave it a shadow. Uh, and then the background of the, of the game itself is like paper, it's lined paper, right? Yep. So it looks like you have this plasticine model of like genitals on a piece of paper. And I felt that that really gave it like this, this like classroom educational kind of aesthetic. And that is something I would not have been able to do myself. I am not an artist. I'm an artist in a sense. I'm not like a real artist. And I, I really, I really love the final product of that. Well, I will say that the whole experience is very well themed. So yeah, like you said, it's notebook lined paper, which I kind of viewed it as an ad, you know, the promotion of the video at the end of a game, but I clicked through it. I'm like, oh, this is a really interesting partnership. So he reached out to you. Do you mind sharing just from a, you don't have to go into details in terms of like cash exchange, but like, is it a rev share deal where you're, you're kind of staying in your lane? So you're making money off of your advertisements. I'm kind of curious about that unique partnership between a, a, a director and, and a gamer. Yeah. Uh, so w- when he hired me to make the game, Global was the only game that I'd made. I didn't know that I was going to make more games. I didn't know I was going to be a business. I didn't know I wasn't going to get a job somewhere else. So at the time, I was just saying, hey, I'm a freelancer. I make things for other people. And also, I have a game if you like my work. So what it really was was just like a lump sum. He just paid me a certain amount, and then I made the game. Yeah, that, and that's another reason why I don't put ads on it, because I feel like, you know, there, some kind of rev share would be warranted, probably, and it's just not necessary. And he's still getting, I think we're still, like, both kind of benefiting from the site still being up, because, you know, some people will still follow the links and find the film, which is a great movie also, by the way. And it's just, like, something else in the repertoire of educational games of Trainwreck Labs. I, I've been uh, approached by a couple other people about partnerships. Nothing else has really hand out, but I would absolutely love to do a similar kind of deal that I did with Alex, because again, I just, I love the final product of that. Even if it's the game that like the fewest people interact with and play, I, I'm still really proud of it. So there's one other question around this. You've built about eight games. Are you continuing to build games or do you kind of feel like, you know what, I just want to put a lot more effort into the games that I have, or are you going to be constantly coming out with new games, you know, over the next few years? Yeah, I, uh, I think around the end of the summer, I kind of sat down and I talked with a mentor of mine who used to be my boss about, you know, what are my goals? Like, what do I actually want to get out of this whole thing that I started? I sort of stumbled into it. I didn't know Global was going to be what it became. I didn't know Trainer Labs was going to exist when I started. Um, and I had to really think about what I want. And honestly, I, ju- I just love making games. So the answer is yes, I'm absolutely 100% going to keep making games. Right now, I'm in a spot where I am making some adjustments. I'm rolling out so I rolled out the, the, the Discord is like is alive and well and, and pumping. Like there's tons of engagement on there and I love that. I'm working on a premium subscription, which I'm also running through my uh, through the ad provider, through NitroPay. So it's kind of part of their setup. And that is if you want to financially support the games, you can pay, you can join the Trainwreck Club and you won't see any ads. And it'll be like other, you'll get other things out of it as well in the future. But uh, for starters, that's all that it is. It just removes ads. The games are always going to be free to play because and and on the web because just because like you know that's how you get people actually engaging with it and and learning something but i just wanted to have something there if people want to support and there will be other features associated with it as well so that's the train run club and then also i am right now working on a newsletter which is just something else i'm going to add on top of it which is going to have the answers to previous days games people have asked me like can i get a newsletter with the answer to previous days games and i'm like well if if the people are asking for it then of course And it's going to have like a fun fact. And I kind of want to uh, do something fun with that as well. So those are some other projects I'm working on in the meantime. I have an idea for my next game and some very half-baked ideas of future games beyond that. 
and I am trying to get through this current stuff as quickly as I can so I can get back to doing what I really love. That's awesome. So I've got to imagine, you know, now that you're, you're monetizing games, global is probably still far and away the, the big hit. Is it safe to say that that's like well over 50% of your revenue or, or are you starting to see more uptick across some of the other games? Yeah, I would say that uh, global is, is over 50% of the, just make the ad revenue from global is over 50% of, of the revenue that I get. And then the next biggest one is MetaZoo, which is the more recent game. It was a great feeling when that one also took off because it's like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not a one-hit wonder, you know, there's something else that has its own feet. Um, and then there's Global Capitals and Chronogram, and those are kinds of the ones that are, that are making money. And then there's the smaller games like uh, Forges and Genital, which aren't really like making money, but it still kind of have them on the site. And they're still, and I love for people to play them and interact with them and learn something from them. But yeah, in terms of the, the money makers, it is a, it's a bit of a logarithmic scale, I guess, you know, like the ones that are really big are like really big. And then, you know, it kind of, it, it goes down orders of magnitude. Right on. So uh, I'm kind of curious, like, have you thought about domains and just in general, like it looks like you have most of your games on their own domains. Is that right? Or yeah. Okay. Uh, with the notable exception of the plant version of Metazoo. So Metazoo, you got to find the mystery animal. If you want to find the mystery plant, it has another name. It's Metaflora, but the domain is just flora.metazoo.com. Okie dokie. A quick break. Are you a fan of games that challenge your mind and sharpen your skills? Dive into the world of Hey Good Game, where brainy fun meets creativity. Like Sudoku, but need a bigger challenge? Check out Kokoro Conquest. It's a fun test of logic and math skills. Then, get ready for Crosswordle. It's a matchup of Crossword and Wordle, a new take on word puzzles that will keep you guessing and engaged. You'll find those games and others at hey.gg. And now, back to the show. Okay. And we've spoken with other developers about this, you know, pay to remove ads fee, and it hasn't worked out in the way that they had wanted in the past. Do you have any insight or have you done any research kind of like how you might approach it differently or what are the other bonuses or features you kind of alluded to uh, might be? I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised to hear that. I, I, don't, I don't hear from people asking for like an option to remove ads. When I first put ads on global, like I was talking about before, a part of me was like, oh man, people are going to be furious. They're going to like, you know, never play the game again. It's, it's going to be a huge nightmare. And, and no one cared because people really, and I don't, maybe this is controversial to say, but like people expect ads, people are used to ads and they just, you know, find them everywhere. And like we, and I may, for, for better or for worse, you know, we kind of just like, we're so desensitized and it's so natural to us to just see ads all the time. So people weren't really hurt when ads showed up and they don't really, they, they don't care too much for ads to be removed. I wanted something there, kind of just an option for people if they, if they want to support, you know, and uh, open up another revenue stream would be great, you know, but I'm, I'm not expecting like an influx of people saying like, oh, finally, this, is, this exists. In terms of other things that I have in mind in the future, I'm hoping that the newsletter, uh, to get a sponsor for the newsletter, I'm working with Beehive to figure that out. And uh, I'm not really sure how that's going to go. This is very new. This is pretty different for me, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Just kind of make the best product that I can in that sense and, and see what happens. And then something else that I haven't done, a couple of these other games have done this already, and I really need to get on it, is a multiplayer version. Or it's either a multiplayer version or like a classroom version where a teacher, because I, I hear from teachers that play my games in class, which is my favorite thing in the world, as I, I love, love, love to hear from teachers. What this would look like is you, like for Global, for example, 
you choose the mystery country and your friend tries to figure out what the country you chose was, or you, you're a teacher and you pick the country and the class has to like see you can get there the fastest. Right now, I'm considering making that a part of the Trainwreck Club, the premium feature. I don't really know. I'm not sure how I'm going to build it yet. And I think there's just so many questions I need to figure out first. I'm gonna, it's not the next thing I do. It's probably like an early 2024, early-ish 2024 thing. But um, that's a, it's a project that I'm really excited about. And I think we'll, it's gonna find its way into the ecosystem somehow. I'm just not sure yet. If you figure all of that out, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it's a challenge. That's, yeah. Yeah. The technical challenges are the, are the fun ones, you know? Now the design stuff is is like a, you you don't really know what you're doing until it's all finished and you're like oh thank god uh, but the technical stuff I find is like okay you know you just tackle it step by step. What's funny about the ads is that you know we've thought about this as well um, removing them you know for for a small fee, but when you have ads like we get emails all the time from people saying I just want to pay you like thank you here's send me something you know and I know the waffle game creator has kind of like a um, you know just donate money. And I've gone onto his donations list and he's getting hundreds of dollars a day, you know, just from people donating like $5 here and there. Wow. So I don't know. I, uh, maybe it's game specific, but when global launched, I had a link to buy me a coffee, you know, have you heard of that site? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think he uses buy me a burrito. Oh yeah. That one's <laughs> well, honestly, burrito sounds great. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had that up, um, for people to send tips. And so I guess Global was, I guess, making a little bit of money before, before I put ads on it. When I put ads on, I decided to take that away. I felt, um, and <laughs> this, this is another one of those things where it's like, like a principle, but like that comes from where exactly that I said, I thought it would be like disingenuous to be asking for tips and also, you know, making money from you being there with the ads. But yeah, you know, I actually, I was literally today responding to an email where someone was like, how can I support and I was like, well, there's a subscription, but you maybe don't want a subscription. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Maybe I'll explore that again as well. So Abe, would you be willing to share any uh, upcoming game designs or, or things that you're working on? Yeah, sure. So I, I mentioned earlier that the planned version of Metazoa, Metaflora, runs on a subdomain. What I did to make the two versions of the game is it's actually the same code base. It's like literally the same code. So if I make an update to Metazoa, it's going to hit Metaflora as well. I did not do that with global and global capitals. And so I have to keep them in sync, which I'm honestly not always the best at. And I run into some trouble there. This obviously has trade-offs too. You know, there are certainly places and where the games are different, primarily the data, but the data is kind of easy to just like swap in and swap out with an environment variable. So that's not too much trouble. And then the design, like the background. But again, I was able to kind of just like switch the colors with environment variables and that's how I get them going. Overall, I was very pleased with how that worked out. And so using this a subdomain and the same repo for an alternate version of the game is something I'm going to try again with Chronogram. So that is my history game. I'll just describe it briefly. Uh, every day there's a different historical figure and uh, you got to figure out who it is by asking them questions. And what you're, you're not actually talking to the person because they're all dead. You're talking to ChatGPT. I'm using the um, OpenAI API to talk to ChatGPT and you have like a back and forth there. So I have this version of the game that has all kinds of, uh, it has, I found like a list of the most notable people from history. And uh, the way that it works is every day there's a different one. But uh, there's some issues with that list. A lot of people have pointed out to me that it is a lot of, uh, it's not very diverse, you know, <laughs> and, and has some issues there. So what I tell people when they say that is like, hey, I'm totally open to suggestions. Let's mix it up a little bit. And so in the Discord server, I have people 
reaching out and uh, offering suggestions and, and getting some really, really interesting people I never would have thought to put on there. And then alternatively, and like I was talking about before with Metaflora, is I want to make another version of the game for fictional characters. I don't know if I'm going to narrow it down more than that. I'm like, I feel like like there's enough Harry Potter characters for just like a Harry Potter version of the game almost. Or if it's going to be like any character from any book or any person that isn't real. I, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that yet, but a fictional version of Chronogram is definitely on the horizon. And I think from what I learned about setting up Metaflora should be pretty straightforward to put together. Um, I also am looking at, uh, or I started building, and it's a little bit on pause for now, but uh, Metazua for dinosaurs, Paleozoa. I thought no one would play the plant version of the game because it is so hard. I have no idea how closely related walnuts are to peaches, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's a really difficult game. Well, I guess a, a quick description of these games, because I don't think I've, I've said it yet, but the way Metazua and Metaflora work is you have kind of uh, the tree of life. You have a phylogenetic tree. And every day there is, a, for Metazoa, a mystery animal. And you have to figure out what it is just by guessing animals. And each wrong guess tells you how close that wrong guess is to the answer on the phylogenetic tree. So, for example, if the answer is human and you guess dolphin, then it'll show you that they're both mammals but don't have much else in common. Whereas if you guess chimpanzee, if your next guess is chimpanzee, then it'll show you that they're both primates. And that's kind of how, um, how that game works. Metaflora is very similar, but very, very hard. Um, and I think the dinosaur version will be even harder, but uh, what I've learned from these games is that there are nerds out there. There are people that are really, really into biology and evolution and taxonomy and know a whole awful lot more about those topics than I do. And I am 100% certain that there are some dinosaur nerds out there too that will enjoy this game. So I'm going to put that together as well. So, you know, I, I think a lot of developers that are watching the Hey Good Game podcast, I think they're inspired by people like you who are, are doing this as, as their full-time thing. And one of our first guests, Holger, uh, with online-solitaire.com, you know, he got some notoriety a couple of years ago because he wrote a blog post that, you know, basically said he was making 10K a month off of his uh, solitaire game. And just wondering, Abe, are, is there, obviously you're doing this as your full-time thing. Is there any more tangible inspiration you can give to other developers out there as to just how well you're doing? As a, as a well-put question, I would say that, uh, and bearing in mind that still most of the revenue is coming from Global, just that one game, uh, which I am just so eternally grateful for. But uh, I will say that it, it's on the same order of magnitude as you just described, to keep things in, in vague terms. <laughs> Fair enough. Appreciate the candor, though. Uh, so, Abe, a lot of your games are very educational, and we feel an affinity to that at uh, Hey Good Game, focusing on on brainy games. Can you tell us about what draws you to that and just uh, how you feel about that? I was interviewed recently uh, for a magazine about conservation. So it's kind of from the other side of things. It's from the topic of the game rather than about games itself. Now it's about Metazoo and Metaflora. And I was asked a question, I don't remember exactly how she put it, but it was kind of about what I enjoy and like, you know, why I make these kinds of games in particular. And what I was very pleased to say, and I kind of, I didn't say, I've never said this out loud until like really reflecting on it for that question was that I am very, very grateful that what I do uh, making these games is something that I certainly feel is a net benefit. 
is, is a good thing. Um, I think I, it's the reason that I try to make all of my games educational. Starting with global, I, I didn't know, I thought global was just kind of, you know, a fun thing to pass the time. But then I found so many teachers in classrooms and just like ordinary people were reaching out to me and saying they were using it to learn geography. And I thought that was so incredible. And then kind of, I, I, I'm trying to recreate that with all of my games because I want all of them and I want just basically all the work that I do to have kind of a positive impact on the world. And if it can be, you know, in any way that that is, and, and I think education is a, is a great place to do that. So I guess what I, <laughs> where I go with this is uh, I'm very, very grateful that that is the kind of work that I'm able to do. And that's why I focus on these kinds of games. And that's all the kinds of games that I make in the future are, are going to hopefully also have this kind of net benefit or hopefully be able to teach some people something new. I'm really glad you said that because you answered one of my questions and I can't remember exactly where this quote is from. I think it's from Re Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal, where she describes why people play games. And it's because they want to keep learning. If they stop learning, they stop playing. And I think that's what I think brings some of the success you've had with your games, because you are trying to teach and educate people through your gameplay. And I think that's such a brilliant way to approach building games. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I keep meaning to check out Jane McGonigal's books. I think I had a class once where, where we talked about one of them, but uh, I'll absolutely know. So Abe, where can people find you online? That's a, that's a great question. I used to, when I first started Global, the number one way I interacted with people was Twitter. Twitter in its old form does not exist anymore in many ways. And I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the new platform. So I, I try to have all my conversations with players um, and I'm very responsive on Discord. I mentioned the server a few times, but you can get to the Discord server in from the footer of any Trainwreck Labs game. It is a super welcoming and fun and respectful and educational community. I'm on there like all the time and I'm always responding to the tiniest questions and bug reports and suggestions. And I think it's a great way to meet other people to, uh, who are enjoy these kinds of games and these topics as well. So I encourage uh, everyone that's a fan of Trainer Clouds games to, to join us over there. That's great. Thanks so much for being here, Abe. My pleasure.